0: Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. So I wasn't exactly sure what the Lord wanted to do this morning. I had about three different ways this morning could go. <laughs> but uh, I think I know what uh, what I'm supposed to do right now, um, <clears throat> which is good. <laughs> uh, we apologize. Our primary nursery worker called in sick. Today, um, so uh, <clears throat> you know, I just I, I want us to be a family with the little ones who are among us, and uh, you know, when when parents want help, let's let's be there to to help them, and you know, we we want to learn to be able to worship in the midst of a certain amount of chaos. <laughs> so um, let's let's try to be sensitive to that. Uh, <clears throat> but there's uh, there's a question. Uh, there, actually, there've been a few questions that I've really had before the Lord for a while, because um, he's he's really had us uh, going through a time of transformation in in these last couple years. Uh, we were not the people that we were two years ago. Uh, and it's it's been kind of a painful couple of years for us uh, going through what we've been through, but uh, the Lord has some really good purposes for that. And I I know that in his mercy and his goodness, and and his wisdom, uh, he he knows how we will respond to certain situations uh, before he brings forth those situations. And he can bring us through painful situations purposefully, because he knows it, our response will get us to the place that he has for us, that he wants for us, that will be a good thing and a blessing for us and, and for him. Because he, he's a good father and he doesn't avoid our pain. when When that pain can... Move us forward into a good place that He has for us. Does Does that make sense? Because, you know, one one of the primary things that that we have to learn in in this Christian life is we we have to learn to process through. Um, the leadership of God in our lives, in times when it either doesn't make sense, is very painful. Uh, you know, you fill in the blank. Uh, but we we have to keep in mind that that God is always good. Our our happiness is not. His primary goal. In in fact, it's it's quite a ways down <laughs> the list, <laughs> our our happiness. Uh, he he has destiny for us as individuals and as as a fellowship, and he he will take us through things to mature us so that we will be able to fulfill our destiny. And, you know, as, as I look back, uh, and I try not to do this too much, although when you listen to me, you might think I do it too much. But when I look back over the last couple years, um, you know, I, I see the hand of God doing that. And, and I'm kind of reminded... Uh, of this verse, I think it's in Jeremiah, where if if you can't run with the footmen, what what are you going to do when the horses come? <laughs> and uh, you know we've he's gotten us through the running with the footmen, and and we're we're learning to run with the horses now. Uh, and that's part of what God has been doing so so this is good now <clears throat> there's there's something that I've been wondering about with with the Lord you know a lot for the last few weeks um, because of this uh, experience I had on a Wednesday night that I know I've shared with some of you but uh, a lot of you have not heard this. We have this flag up here, An Appeal to Heaven. Uh, and Dutch Sheets wrote a book entitled An Appeal to Heaven. And it's. Uh, he also has a, a YouTube video. Uh, actually, there's quite a number of them where he's talking about this message. But there's one in particular that's only 27 minutes long. And, and he basically gives the whole message. But basically, the Lord gave him some revelation uh, for the church in this hour that will enable us, allow us to tap into the power of prayers prayed by the cloud of witnesses for the last 2,000 years. And, and the Lord called it entering into the synergy of the ages uh, was was what that's the terminology the Lord used with with him, and and basically it it is um, aligning our hearts with the prayers of those in generations past who are are praying for things or they were praying for things that will be fulfilled in our generation. Because we know, uh, if you read um, Hebrews 11, the, the roll call of faith, uh, there, there were a lot of those people who never saw the fulfillment of the promise that they were given in their generation. And in fact, it's implied in Hebrews 11 that quite a few of those people in the cloud of witnesses the fulfillment of the promise they were given has still not been fulfilled at least as of the writing of the book of Hebrews and, and I would say that that is still true today because there there have been followers of Christ praying for the fulfillment of the great harvest since the first century and and so I, I want to learn personally, and I want us to learn, because I, I think this is part of our calling, part of our, our destiny as a fellowship, is, is to tap into, To th- this isn't really something we can learn, this is something that we receive by revelation. We, we can't figure this out. Uh, it's, it's something the Spirit has to lead us into. Uh, to tap into that, Vast amount of prayer power that's that's up there in the Golden Bowls uh, And so on a Wednesday night a few weeks ago. I can't remember exactly the date. I probably have it written down somewhere though uh, we, we were praying and and I just started to Target us and and even specifically myself for the prayers of the Moravians. <laughs> Dangerous thing to do. Uh, as if you know anything about those people, they had a 24-7 prayer meeting in Germany in the 17th and 1800s that lasted more than a hundred years, that never stopped. And they were the beginning of the modern missionary movement. There, there's no question. The The first great awakening in America was theirs. It, the roots are, are, are clear. Uh, the Great Awakening in England with John Wesley. I I mean, when John Wesley met some of these Moravians, he wondered if he was even saved. And he was on his way to America as a missionary at the time. So God was doing something among those people, and I knew, I just knew in my spirit that they prayed somehow that what they had would be given in every generation, because that's that's what we need. That's that's what our country needs. Uh, figuring out better ways of man to to do church hasn't gotten us very far. <laughs> uh, we we somehow need more of the spirit of God. <laughs> To come and annihilate us, <laughs> so that we become something <laughs> that God can really use. So anyway, I, I just I, I was praying that, and and I had something happen that I've never experienced before. This this weight came on me that was like one of those lead aprons they put on you when you're getting X-rays and it just it sat on me for like 10 or 15 minutes and and then it was like it just kind of dissolved into me and and then uh, I, I it was it was <laughs> yeah it was a mantle and so uh I've been asking the Lord, you know, what 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 was that for? Um, as I, right after that happened, I, I felt like we needed to go into a time of worship, and and so we did that on Wednesday night. And during one of the songs, I just I had this—it's um, like a slideshow go through my mind of all these images. Related to 24-7 prayer and worship. Crazy enough, but when you ask for the prayers of the Moravians (laughs) to be, uh, you ask to be a target for those prayers, um, I guess you you could expect something like that, but it, it wasn't what I expected. So I've really been asking the Lord, you know, what... Is, is this a calling for me? Is this a calling for us? Uh, are, are we supposed to, you know, shift what we're doing and pursue that? Uh, so I, I've just been... I've been asking the Lord. And uh, this week... I felt like he he gave me some answers. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to start even before that. Uh, <clears throat> there there was a prophecy that I received back in 1999 at the Fort Collins Vineyard that really set Joy and I on a journey that led us to plant this church. Uh, nine years ago, and that vision was was roughly uh, uh, this this prophetic guy who was actually the leader of the vineyard in Europe at the time. He he saw me driving this huge combine in a huge field of wheat, but in the combine there was a CD player. And there was worship music playing continually in this combine as the harvest was coming in, and and the word was to to be a worshiper, and that as as the harvest began to come in, to to worship more. And so, you know, that's always been filed back. Uh, I mean, I look back at that thing with with some frequency, uh, but probably only once a year or so for the last few years. But I I always kind of wondered about that continual worship music playing part. Because that really hadn't yet been fulfilled. I, I, I didn't feel like I really had revelation of that yet. So there's a passage in Amos 9 that has been prophesied over joy and I numerous times and we feel like over this body as as a result Oops So Amos chapter 9 and that verse even relates back to the harvest. In fact, if, if you were to comb the whole Old Testament for the most amazing verse about the end time harvest, this this would be would be that verse. And it's Amos nine thirteen. Behold the days are coming, declares the Lord when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed, the mountains will drip sweet wine and all the hills will flow with it. And, that, and that's the verse. Um, and the implication of that verse is that those who are bringing in the harvest are so busy Bringing in the harvest, and there's such an amazing harvest to be brought in that they're still out there bringing in the harvest, or they're still out there treading the grapes when the guys go out to sow the seeds for the next year. And I mean that's that's a that's an amazing picture of the harvest. But I never really tied the two verses that are before it to it. <laughs> but there's a necessity of, of doing that. Because these are the, the two verses that are before. In that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen and repair its breaches, and raise up its ruins, and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom. And all the nations who are called by my name declares the Lord who does this. And then behold, the days are coming. So, that verse doesn't just speak to uh, the, rest, the post-exile restoration of Israel and, and the rebuilding of the temple. It, it speaks forward to a great harvest that would include the Gentiles. And in fact, we're, we're always better off letting the Bible interpret the Bible when it does that and this is actually one of those cases because if if we go forward to Acts chapter 15 and and this is the passage about the Jerusalem council where <clears throat> there was controversy about the gentile believers us in other words <laughs> There, there was controversy about what should be required of the Gentile believers. Should they have to become Jews and come under the law and all of its restrictions in order to be Christians, in order to be followers of Jesus? Or is, is there some less uh, restrictive way... <laughs> For, for them to come in and this this was the controversy that they were addressing in in Acts 15 but what's what's interesting is after the presentation by by Paul and and Peter uh, <clears throat> James, very likely the brother of Jesus, uh, makes a statement, and he quotes Amos nine, and and he says, um, <clears throat> and with and with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, and and it's interesting that he doesn't quote it exactly. <laughs> He, he puts it even more into a New Testament, actually even end time harvest context than, than it was in, in Amos 9. And this is what he says. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David or the tabernacle of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. Or other versions say that all of mankind may seek the Lord. Uh, Let me see here. I've got a footnote, but there's no... (laughs) No footnote in this version. This isn't the one I was uh, looking at at home. Anyway, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. And and then he makes a judgment. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God but should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, and from what has been strangled, and from blood. For from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he is read every Sabbath in the synagogues. So, so anyway, what's, what's interesting here, is that the the rebuilding and the restoration of the tabernacle of David precedes the great harvest. And what was the tabernacle of David? You know, we're we're not given a lot of detail about the revelation that David received from the Lord that led him to to build this other tabernacle. But there were hundreds of singers and thousands of musicians in this tabernacle. And they had the Ark of the Covenant in this tent, this this tabernacle. And there was worship and praise going up to the Lord before the Ark continually. 24 7 And so what the Lord is saying in Amos chapter 9 repeated in Acts chapter 15 the Lord is saying Basically at that time Which is as we approach the time of the great end time harvest I will restore and rebuild the tabernacle of David that has fallen. So that, and, and this is a, a paraphrase of what James is saying in Acts chapter 15, so that the great harvest will come in, so that everyone who's called by my name will will come to me. And, and so, yeah, I, I think this calling is, is for us. It's not just for me. I, I really feel strongly about that. my wife (laughs) that's always been your response (laughs) and I am blessed beyond measure (laughs) so what that looks like uh, you know, I, I don't really know. Uh, you know, when we were in that building on 4th Street, uh, we, we tried to do some prayer and worship before we started the, the regular service. And some of those times were powerful. Uh, but I'll tell you, the Lord has, in, in the last year, I, I would say, especially a year and a half, he, he has grown us in prayer. And, you know, we just had December 1st, and, and that was our, our day for Cover Cheyenne. And, and we actually covered the whole 24 hours again which, good job, everybody. (laughs) Uh, I took those two hours. You beat me to midnight to two, Sylvia. (laughs) So I took two to four. (laughs) And the Lord said something to me during that time. He said that we are learning to love the city by doing this. By taking time to stand on the wall or to build the wall, to stand in the gap for our city, we, we are ser- serving the city and we're learning to love the city. Because as we pour out our own life, that is our time and our energy, as we pour that out as an offering, For the city. God is... He's doing something not just in the city, but He's doing something in us. Yeah. So, just another prophetic picture of the tabernacle of David... And and I think this is just kind of even a a bigger, uh, easier-to-see picture of the impact of continuous worship and prayer before the Lord. We know that the Tabernacle of David went on for a number of years under the rule of David. And you can uh, you can look at a lot of that in First uh, Chronicles 15, when the Ark of the Covenant was moved from Obed-Edom's to uh, Jerusalem into the Tabernacle of David. You can see a lot more detail in First Chronicles 25 and 26, and and then you see it, it beginning to continue. Uh, into the reign of Solomon in Second Chronicles chapter 5. And then in the post-exile period, you see even Ezra and Nehemiah reestablishing the continuous prayer and worship by the appointment of singers and musicians in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. But the, the short picture... Hi, You want to say hi? <laughs> You're not shy. Say hi. Mm-mm. Okay. So the prophetic picture is that in, uh, I think it's 2 Kings chapter 10, we, we see uh, the glory of Israel. You want to go to Mimi? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, it's too late. You said no. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it's Second Kings, Chapter Ten. Uh, we see the glory of Israel at its its absolute peak. Where silver was so common in the reign of Solomon, it, it was like gravel on, on the streets. And, uh, you know, that's where I think we see the story of the Queen of Sheba who heard all these amazing stories about Israel and Solomon and and so she traveled for months and came to Jerusalem and saw everything and she said it's amazing. This is the first time ever the stories didn't even match the reality. That what I heard wasn't even half of of the glory that that actually is here. And see I think this is a, a prophetic picture of the glory of the church that's going to be released following the establishment, the rebuilding, the reestablishment of the tabernacle of David as we approach the end of days. It was the tabernacle of David under the reign of David that led to the glory of the reign of Solomon. The one preceded the other, and without the one, the other, we wouldn't have seen. That's, that's what we need to get out of that story. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, God is calling us into this because, uh, I, I mean, we're, we're not in the very beginning of this. Houses of prayer have been springing up all over the earth since about 1999, and and so it's it's we're we're jumping into this kind of in midstream, but it's it's God's timing. He had to find someone that he could give a mantle to. I actually, I I was praying about this a few months ago to the Lord because the Wyoming House of Prayer started in our living room with Joy and I. This is like 15, 17 years ago. And, uh, you know, it just, it hasn't become what we envisioned it becoming and so a few months ago I was just bringing it before the Lord and he he said if if the house of prayer is going to be built it's going to take somebody to do it (laughs) and I wrote that down on a little sticky note on, on my desk and it's still there So at that point, I didn't know if it was me or or what. But I I think it's us. I I do. So if you're a musician, start working on your skill. (laughs) If you're a prayer, go deeper in prayer and grab onto that, uh, <clears throat> that new definition of prayer that, that the Lord gave us a few months ago. Uh, prayer is touching the heart of God and being touched by the heart of God. That's a different definition than, than what most people use but I I believe that definition is from God. So, um, how about if we conclude by worshiping the Lord some more? (laughs) Father, lead us. Lead us into all that you have for us. bring forth your glory in the church in Jesus name